Welcome to the Verso Alto podcast, a Catholic podcast for teens by teens. Today we are talking about The Chosen, seasons one through three. Today we have Kateri, Sophia, Teresa, me, Vincent, and we are joined by a very special guest, Jonathan Rumi. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Well, Jonathan, if you're listening, we would love to have you on our podcast. Just let us know. Go to versoaltopodcasts at gmail. We'll send you a link. Anyway, it's one of our favorite shows, and we love talking about it. it. Never gets old. I think it's comical sometimes when someone says, "I can't believe you're watching this story about Jesus. You already know what's going to happen." But really, I love the way Dallas and the writers and even the casting directors have taken this artistic license and made it so enjoyable and interesting to watch. So let's talk about season one and what you guys thought. When you first started the first episode and saw that, what, what were your thoughts? Well, when I first, when I started the first episode, I was a little bit confused because we didn't like start off with Jesus or any of the apostles. We started off with Mary Magdalene and yeah. Okay, I could be completely wrong, but does season one begin? Maybe it seems be, but begin with Jesus in the in the Garden of Gethsemane with the snake. No, or is no. that in a later? No, that's later. way later. Never mind. But so I was a little bit confused because I was like, "Well, where is Jesus?" But, I think Jesus was a little confused too because <laughs> in his interview with Bishop Barron, he was first episode. He says one word, Mary. Yeah, and he goes really. Yeah big speaking role for me you know which i think is funny but <laughs> bishop Barron had to remind him it's called the chosen not the messiah <laughs> <laughs> but it was really it was an impactful episode because even though it was it was kind of compared to other episodes it was a slow start to this to the <laughs> show in the season mm -hmm. there was so much that happened in it with one, our first look at Jesus, even if it was at the very end. Mm -hmm. at, but just the way that they depicted the healing of Mary, it wasn't anything big or theatrical. It was just just kind of like it happened, like a huge so weight had been lifted off her shoulder. Like needed to be called by him. Yeah. And yeah. You, even it's so simple, but powerful. Like, you see you just see Jesus standing there and she's never really seen him or, you know, she just being healed of having these seven demons and she just like goes to him, like surrendering herself. There's like no words spoken, but it's just so powerful how she just recognizes who Jesus is. She knows that she needs to run embrace him and that she's going to be safe and comforted by him in her distress i just thought that was so cool that it made it really intense but just loving and just how strong jesus's power is worry i had heard a lot about this show before i even saw the first episode and then when i was watching the first episode i was actually i couldn't i got halfway through and went whatever and then I thought, oh, okay, you're going to have to give it another shot, you know. So then I watched all the way through the first episode 
and still, sorry, Dallas, but I really wasn't impressed. And then I finally got it, I think, you know, because I really, maybe it was because I just really love Peter so much that I couldn't imagine him having a gambling and that he wouldn't listen to his brother, Andrew. And that, you know, I can't imagine the four apostles in a bar. You know, so I was just like, are you kidding me? You know, everybody's talking about the show and they're thinking it's all awesome. But then I got to tell you, though, Sophia, after the first episode, after I saw it the third time around, we have third time's a charm, I got it. And I'm like, I was bawling. I was watching like Mary and Jesus and I thought, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I couldn't wait. And then after that, I couldn't wait to see what he did with Peter, you know, because I'm like, Jesus, you got to turn around because you got your work cut out for you. You got to go back into that bar because Peter's in, you know, (laughs) so and, uh, you know, the other, those other four fishermen. But what about you, Kateri? Um, I absolutely chosen the first episode. was definitely a shock. And I was like, okay, wow, this is not what I was expecting. But I think we often see Jesus as this figure who is almighty and all-powerful. And, of course, he is. But we don't always look to see his human side as well because he's 100% God and 100% man but sometimes we forget about that man part and I think the chosen does a really really great job of showing that human side of him and how like he he was such a cool guy and I mean in the show he's making jokes and he's messing around with his his buddies and I think it's so cool to be able to see that dynamic with him and his one of my favorite scenes from the whole show, or at least what I've watched so so far, is actually in that episode because Mary is, we're seeing Mary going through all the, these different emotions, trying to decide how could I get out of this ditch that I'm in. And so she walks to the edge of the cliff and is looking down, but then she sees a bird and she just kind of recognizes something in that bird and it, something calls her to follow it. And so she... She's just walking back into town, looking up at the bird the entire time, completely trusting it. I mean, it could have, she could have run into a wall while looking up, but because she just completely trusted it, she knew that nothing was going to happen to her that would hurt her. Mm-hmm. But she just kind of felt to it. Well, it wasn't an ordinary bird, was it? Wasn't it a white dove? No, it was just, it was an ordinary bird. Was it an ordinary it was, bird? Just, was just like how was Jesus dove. was an ordinary person. It was just an ordinary. I don't think it was a dove. I mean, you could okay. look. Siri's but... going to look that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's get on to like, all right. So we've now seen a couple of the apostles and Mary. And then like episode two goes into like math, a little bit more about Matthew. What do you think of the character of Matthew? So at first, I... I started watching it a little bit later than some of my family members, but I was confused at first who I kept mixing up the apostle <laughs> and but then I would be able to figure it out, but then it would just confuse me because they all have like beards and I'm just saying I'm not Oh my goodness. All they all do them. not look the same. Okay, they don't all look the same, <laughs> but like it was, I think it was James the last, yeah. and maybe it was Bartholomew and Thomas, but like something, I don't know, I just kept oh, getting them mixed up. Yes, and I then, think 
Nathaniel and Thaddeus yes. look identical. Yes, they do. Yes. Anyway, yes. but then my first thing of Matthew and his whole life, you know, you see him working as a tax collector and people just read everything and disappointed in him. And then just comes up to him and Matthew just drops everything and leaves. And I... I didn't like Matthew very much at first. Yeah, he grows on you. Kind of, but he... Yeah, a lot. It's so funny the way that he interacts with Thomas and how Thomas just gets so irritated. You are jumping way ahead. You are like, into the next season, girl. <laughs> All right. So what did you think of Matthew, Vincent? I was a little bit hesitant on how they decided to portray him at first just because it wasn't really how I... Had thought of it but like as you keep watching you kind of start to realize this makes sense like you wouldn't really have thought of Matthew as the underdog because he was kind of he was like one of the first ones to be called but nobody really liked Matthew because he had been a tax collector and betrayed the Jews but and so I never really thought of him as like the underdog because he had always just been like such a prominent I mean like he got to write a gospel Right, and right. it's a long one. And it's a long one, too. Yeah, he has a lot of detail in it. Yeah, but I mean, when you start to think about it, it really makes sense mm -hmm. how they decided to portray him. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think they were all pretty young in their 30s or 40s. But Matthew, I mean, the actor, like, looks young, but... That's, I think it's because he doesn't have a beard. Yes. I mean, at the beginning, but you know. Also, he does. He does look younger. Yes. Yeah. But well, and, and I would yeah. think of Matthew in my head mm -hmm. if I was a Matthew, like the calling of Matthew. Mm -hmm. I never thought of him that young. I like everybody, how everybody was young once. <laughs> I like how you and I are having a serious problem with age. At the last podcast, oh, she said. When Saint she asked Brogan, she goes, "Wasn't he old when he did that?" And and I looked, I said, "Well, how old is old?" And she goes, "I don't know. I think fifty-five. No. And I'm like, "I don't know. No, no way. I don't know." And then <laughs> I was like, "Fifty-five." And then you asked me, "How old is old?" And I hesitated. Thank you because you're like, like, "How old are you, Teresa?" Teresa. And then I, I said, "Like nine. Yeah, ninety is old." I but, like yeah. I like how <laughs> I like how even though they show Matthew as like he's he doesn't like get, like he doesn't like getting dirty mm -hmm. or like getting into the it's grimy places. Mm -hmm. He they show him like adopting a dog that's off the street and being nice to him. Mm -hmm. Like even though the dog is probably dirtier than anything he's ever like been close to he he decides just to oh i mean it's another living thing like and it also and it needs protects help. him doesn't yeah, it? yeah it protects yeah, him that's amazing but then he has to well, that, it in a the dog doesn't care that he's a tax yeah that's true. you know and he still protects him which i think is awesome because that's how animals are they don't judge you know speaking of of creatures that don't judge what about the episode with Jesus and the children? What did you think of that one? I that so cute. <laughs> I understand why they didn't, but I didn't 
it wasn't one of my favorites mm -hmm. because it just kind of felt like they really got the ball moving with the first two episodes and mm -hmm. then it stopped. Mm -hmm. Like someone was just there stopping it because it was kind of a, it seemed abrupt and kind uh -huh. of random because like he had called all these people, but then where did they go? Right. I can understand why they did it, but it just didn't really Lay in the foundation. But you know, that's also another funny thing is if you don't think about it right away. So this is like the third episode of the first season. Okay. And all throughout the three seasons, Jesus disappears. And nobody knows where he is. He just goes off on his own. Like, he goes campy. You know what I'm saying? And then he hangs out with, like, locals. And they're like, we still don't know where he is. And then suddenly he comes back. I think that's why they gave us the episode of Jesus and the children. That way we know. You know what? He just went away to pray. And he encounters little people in different villages. And, you know. So if you're wondering where he is, refer back to episode three, where he hangs out with children. You know, I, I did think it was kind of random when I first saw it because I was like, you finally got some momentum going. And now after a fact, even in the third season when people were like, well, we don't know where Jesus is. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know where he is? You know, yeah. put like a low jack on the guy and well, find out. Find yourself following the gospel. Like, okay, this is what happened. But then in the chosen, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen next. I think we'll get like, the apostles are writing down these events, but the chosen really gets into the nitty gritty of everyday life. Jesus, right? I think it's it slows us down. Oh, that's okay. good. What good was, point. What was doing it? Right. You know, he would have encountered little children, like there's little children in Jerusalem, not just. Well, he maybe. he also gives them like credibility. Because children and women at that time weren't really thought of as having any value whatsoever. So I think that's also a nice way of looking at it. So, all right. So then after the episode of Jesus and the children, he calls Peter and Andrew tells him they found the, the Messiah. And I love the fish. Oh, my goodness gracious. I was wondering how they were going to do the creation of fish and, and stuff like that. And it was so real. Anybody ever go fishing? You ever catch that many fish? No. Have you ever wanted to catch that many fish? Catching one fish, especially dip netting, that's something that I guess it might be similar to the apostles lowering their nets in, but in Alaska, we have these giant nets. We are attached to metal and you put them in the water and then the salmon's through them. And just doing one fish is hard enough. It's flopping everywhere and there's blood everywhere and fish guts. And it's hard enough. They're it's very so heavy. heavy with one fish. And the fact that the apostles digging their fingers in these nets with thousands of fish mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And they also have the current of the Kenai River. Copper River, or whatever current of any river it is, trying to pull you and your fish back, you know. Yeah, I thought that was wonderful. And I liked how the multiplication of fish paid off Peter's taxes. Mm -hmm. And that was important, you know, where he got himself in a pickle, you know, with, I know, Peter. Quint. <laughs> yeah, with Quintus. Okay, so we're moving on to episode 
five about the wedding feast at Cana. Wow, that was it was I loved that. One of my favorite parts of that episode is at the very beginning when Peter and Andrew are walking to go join the apostles and they're arguing the entire way about like Peter being nervous, but then he's like, I'm not nervous, you're nervous. And then <laughs> in the end, the apostles have been standing like right there. And and Peter's like, How much have you heard? And they're like, Enough. Or and they're carrying their lunch and they're yeah, not sure if they yeah. should be carrying yeah. it. That's so funny. Well, and I loved the the part that the Blessed Mother made with the family of the bride. Yeah. And how they just were so worried about appearances and what the other family thought. And, you know, you have a joining of two families together. It's so sad if you have something like that weighing on you, this day of joy that you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just beautiful how she shows up to help and then suddenly things become beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. like the trellis and everything seems to start working because the Blessed Mother's there and like helping everything, helping out. And then of course she helps out again. It's his first miracle. So this also brings in the introduction of Thomas. Right. So what'd you think of Thomas? I was very confused when he first showed up because until they had like clarified that it was Thomas, I was like some random guy, like not surprised. another guy with a beard. And then <laughs> and then like his partner or his Rayla. future mm-hmm. wife or whatever she was, I'm not sure. But the vintner. Yes. Yes. Their whole relationship in that episode was very weird. Yeah. And I was a little bit confused by it. I was like, so is it like a business thing? Is it like a marriage thing? Like I was very confused in that first episode. And I like how they went on to clarify that in the second season. Because like it kind of leaves you like, so Thomas doesn't really have everything together. None of them do. Well, yeah. (laughs) Which is good because... I mean, I'm looking around the table and I'm twice your age and I still don't have it all together. So just cut yourself some slack. You're beating yourself up sometimes. I also, you know, I'm pretty sure (laughs) that. Yeah, pretty sure. I also like how Thomas, as they were getting to load up, Thomas starts doubting if three things of wine will be right. He's already doubting. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite part of that scene, though, is when Jesus, Andrew, and I think Peter, and maybe there's another apostle, but they're invited to dance. And then one of them comments that Andrew dances like a sick donkey on hot coal. It's just so funny. Like, they're the personification of the above, just their personality that mm. we don't get necessarily in the Bible, but in the chosen. It's hilarious. Right. Their humanity comes out, you know, and then you feel like, wow, you know, I, as, as a a Catholic Christian, I'm still chosen, but I'm still a human. And I, I may not dance like donkey on fiery coals, but a stick donkey. That's very specific too. I like, I also like in that episode, the exchange during wedding feast between Mary Magdalene Yes, maybe you'd have to check on that one. Mm-hmm. But it, Jesus is playing games with the children that are there, and they're 
Tadius or whoever it is says they don't know. They don't even know who he is or why he's here. And Mary tells him, and they just have this beautiful exchange about why Jesus called them and how nobody knows who he is yet, but mm -hmm. soon everybody will. Right. Or will hear who he is, but not accept that. Right. Anything about anything else about the wedding? So this is something I didn't know about Jewish weddings. They're supposed to have wine that lasts at least a week. Yeah. I was I was very confused as to why they only right. Why did they need so much wine? And then you come to yeah, a week. Yeah. Holy moly, yeah. that's a lot of and wine. You everybody, like you will find someone that lives near you is somehow related to you. And well, that makes so much more sense. There, there, you know. Yeah. And yeah. it's I mean, there's huge events, and mm -hmm. if you don't have enough wine, that's not a look at on you. No, no, yeah, you you need to save for, for a very long time for wine. Okay, so we go on to episode six when they they incur the Ethiopian woman and then they open up Zebedee's roof and lower the crippled man. Mm -hmm. What'd you think of that? Totally forgot that Jesus lived in Egypt for the first two years of his life. Yeah. We do forget those facts. You know, and I liked how how Mary Magdalene helped them. Yeah, you know, get closer. You know, and and the exchange that Jesus had with with her that you know, great is your faith. Um, and I, God bless him, but the scribes and Pharisees, those guys just are clueless. But <laughs> the guys that they have casted for this. You really, Sh yeah. Shmuel or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. you just, you have no problem hating him. You're like, oh my goodness gracious, you're an idiot, you know, <laughs> or like, and, and so I'm sure, of course it comes down later on, you know, he gets his, his moment to talk to Jesus, but at this time he doesn't want to give him the time of day. And it's just like, all they want to do is like, he's doing this wrong or he's carrying on the Sabbath. And it's like, oh, you know, as a Catholic who's heard her whole life. It seemed like now that you're now that I'm older and I wonder, you know, is there any other day of the week that he cared people? Because why is it always on the Sabbath? Did he have to wait for the Sabbath? And it just seems to me that the apostle that wrote the Gospels had to be very specific about it because those were the ones that mattered to the scribes and the Pharisees and why they loved they lost their minds and got their panties in a twist because of the Sabbath. And it was just like they couldn't get their small little mind. And so, you know, that was incredible. But I think one of the things that I love about this scene, too, is that she witnesses him cure a leper and then she immediately runs to go get her friend. Yeah. You know, and doesn't stop there. Just just goes and goes and goes until she her and her friends lower him. I mean, I don't think I have friends that love me much, you know? <laughs> I mean, do you guys, have you ever thought about that? Like, oh my gosh, I hope my family loves me that much that they would do that, you know? I mean, that's a serious friendship, you know? Must be somebody that they knew since they were little. That type of thing. So, 
Okay. And so it keeps going on with more like invitations. And then Jesus and Peter have lots of great exchanges. Finds out Jesus says he is the the Messiah. So let's move on to to season two, the, the Sons of Thunder. Okay. They're going to Samaria or something like that, and right? And they're yes. they have to they're the sons of or that's the yeah. last the last so, episode um, is the woman at the well. Is uh, it? Yeah, the last episode. The last, the last episode of season one. Uh, okay, the last episode of season one is the, the woman at the well. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was that's pretty an awesome. That was a yeah. great episode. The, yeah. One of the best parts of that episode is after the woman at the well has gone away. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and his disciples were like, we brought you back food. And Jesus was like, I have food that you you do not know of. And I think it was Thomas goes, who got you food? Oh, right, right, right. So obsessed. Like, where did you get this food? Like completely oblivious to what Jesus was trying to say. Just part of why the chosen is so great, because it doesn't, it's not strictly like it doesn't go line for line with the bible and that's right right these little throwaway lines that Mm -hmm. just keep you entertained Mm -hmm. i there was one character in season one that just broke my heart and that was nicodemus oh Oh, yeah oh like you're so close he was lost oh i know oh my gosh i was falling my head off yes i cry not every episode but you know he he knows he's the Messiah, but his wife and her comfort and trying to like explain to her how he knows and all of this stuff. And he can't leave her and all of their kids and grandkids to follow Jesus. He can't. He's like, you know, and and so oh, but he shows up there and he knows and it's just like you know, your heart breaks because he got to spend that evening with him, you know, mm-hmm. on the roof and talk to him and, and get his questions answered. And he's such a, and it was so, I love who they casted for Nicodemus and I love him as an actor and it's just brilliant. But you, or at least I completely identified with him on that and it just, oh, it was beautiful, but so, so sad. And I think, it's not the end of it, though, because I know we're going to see Nicodemus a lot more. And then the woman at the well, that just, yeah, she's, that was very well casted, too. She had such great energy and, you know, and it was such a wonderful exchange that they had together. But anything else about the first season? The scene with Nicodemus watching that and made me think of how much that's me or, you know, just knowing Jesus has something for us, but we're not willing to give up something that we need to take out of the way and see what Jesus, it's like the picture of Jesus and the little girl, she's holding a small teddy bear and Jesus is like, hand me that teddy bear. And he's a giant one behind him. Like how much more does Jesus offer us? And we know what Jesus has to offer because we read through the Bible, we know the story. Nicodemus just having this conversation with Jesus and he makes all these connections, knows who Jesus is. He's so unwilling to give up what he has to just receive so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, all right. So 
back to the Sons of Thunder. Mm-hmm. And so John and James, big James, get to Plowfield and they now have a title, yes. which is hysterical. And then, but they're all through Samaria and Thomas meets him there. Yeah, suddenly, like, there's a whole bunch of people all together and they're, yeah, they're all starting to culminate together, right? I did like that exchange at the end when he got all the stuff for this huge meal. What was it? Who was, Matthew had to tell them all what to do, right? He said, Peter has they to go get wine. Yeah. They all had to get assignment. Yeah. And they all had to be told what to do by Matthew. Which I was oh, like, oh, Peter was like seething, you know. He's like. And then they went to that family's house and had a huge yeah. meal. And then he healed him. And yeah, and the Sons of Thunder did their, plowed their field, which mm-hmm. I thought was lovely. What a great surprise, you know. And it's so funny, too, because they thought they were, they were doing something bigger than that but what bigger job you know funny how they think they know what's gonna happen oh right that's just yeah and then the next episode brings in nathaniel the architect which i thought was fun to watch because you never really i mean we never really get a background all these people you know so, and then he was all by himself under the picture. Yeah. You know, that just, yeah, amazes me. It was a beautiful scene, too, just him talking to the clouds. I mean, how many times have we just looking at the sky, like, berating God? Like, do you see me? Do you hear me? Gosh. But it was the episode after that I thought that was phenomenal. All right, so that's the one where Jesus is healing all these people in this big, big Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then they're all like, they have like a camp and the Blessed Mother shows up and then they all start bickering among themselves, you know. I thought after a full day of healing people and everything, that one scene where Jesus is like, just walks by them all after they're fighting. Right. And he just says, good night. And is exhausted you know and the blessed mother gets up and she like washes his feet and like kind of tucks him in you know and yeah. he's like thank you emo and then he he says his prayers still before he goes to bed he's gone and he still says his prayers before he goes to bed and he's exhausted after healing thousands of people all day long and everybody else is just bickering themselves about who's more important gosh Keep going. Oh, John the Baptist. All right. What do you oh. think about the guy who plays John the Baptist? I like him. <laughs> the personality, the personality of John. He's sassy yeah. and like, I don't know. It's just hilarious. The way he talks to Jesus about one-on-one and about the same thing he dread and all these yeah. like, oh my gosh. And he had no idea what he was saying. So. I like, I like in the first season when Nicodemus goes to talk to John. And John just kind of twists the conversation and like fires things back. He's like, what are you here to do? <laughs> like, I thought you were here to question me. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and then the exchange between Jesus and John 
And that word soon, you know, there's that word again. When, when will you do? And John wants to know, when are you going to do what you're, you were meant to do? And he goes soon, you know, there's, that's just a very different word. And then that, that word comes up numerous times as the seasons go on. You know, when is Jesus going to be here? When is Jesus going to soon, soon. And then the, of course, the apostles catch on and they start using that word too, which I find comical. I also like how earlier in this season, when Philip joins them and they're all kind of like, oh, he follows crazy John. No, right. (laughs) But Philip, he's really the most understanding and like he accepts Matthew and. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's, he's kind of this mysterious kind of guy who mm-hmm. speaks in riddles and he's just he really is the most wise and knowledgeable of all of them. He's a bit lax. Like he yeah. just allows you know, see the tension between some of the books. He just And and when Jesus gets mm-hmm. taken for questioning by the Romans, he's mm-hmm. he's just relaxed. He's like, he said he'd be back. So Right. He's exactly. Be back. He ha- actually ha- it seems like he's got faith. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And he's grounded in it. Yeah. And I think that also comes from following John for a while. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that that prepared him. And when Jesus does get taken for questioning and they are all freaking out, you know, Peter is such a hothead. I I don't know, what do you think of the character of Peter? Do you think it I don't I can't say yes or no on on the character himself. I mean he portrays it. Peter quite well. I just imagined Peter to be bigger in stature. I think that my mom always comments on his clothes. She's like, why is his clothes so short? All right. I agree with her on that. It's like, dude, it has to be past the knee. I'm sorry. I definitely think. Could you please go past the knee? His whole personality (laughs) is kind of like. He's a little short. He's really confident. He's like, well. Mine should be shorter because, like, he definitely <laughs> thinks of himself as like the best-looking guy around. <laughs> so I think that he's <laughs> and he's got his guns out, you know, yeah. like okay, oh, right, yeah. yeah. The whole way he stands, like, <laughs> oh yeah, right, <laughs> pushing his like muscles out and stuff. Yeah, I was didn't really, you know, for somebody who prays to Saint Peter because I have a tendency to open my mouth and insert my foot all the time. Saint Peter has been one of my patron saints for a while. And so when I saw him as casted for Peter, I'm like, that's an interesting choice. But I, I mean, he grows on you. And after, at, by the end of season three, you're like, dang. It fits the personality. Was, I think that he really does. What he lacks in size, he makes up for in personality. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. You know, well, thank you. Because I'm not a big person either. I'm a, person but you know i just have it just you know when you see the rock or or if you've gone to saint peter's square or the basilica you know and you see these massive statues of saint peter and saint paul and they're over 12 feet tall you know you just imagine in your head this is somebody that's big in stature not what dallas has um given us anyway what do you think of um preemie you know, the centurion. 
I'm standing outside of Primmy or what it what it of Matthews. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's Yes. Yeah, oh, the the one who stands outside Primmy, of that's his that's his Oh, I get it mixed up with the official and Quincy. Oh, Quincy. Yeah. Wow. Like that guy's perfectly oh, no, cast. His name is Gaius. Yes, Gaius. Oh, Gaius. Gaius. Prime is his rank. rank. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he, that is a very elite group of soldiers that his title is. Yeah. Very few. So there's like one in each region. Are, we, are you talking about the... Gaius himself? Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. so when he, when he tells like Peter or something to call him by his idol, yeah. he doesn't say Quintus. Yeah, Matthew calls him Quintus, but that's probably because they spent so much time together. I liked him because he he's definitely set in his beliefs, and he's not afraid to like voice what he believes. Sure, because like, he's like he thinks all the yeah. Jewish people are nuts, and Quintus, <laughs> Quintus is. He's funny because when he was questioning Jesus, like he seemed to kind of be on Jesus's side. Like he didn't want him to be there, but then like he he was like, "But I don't like you." <laughs> he doesn't like anybody. And then I really the what's the guy? He he's like that really really like elite rank. Oh, the like, guy that's the investigator. Yeah, and he's got like that cape that he right. wears. Oh, yeah, he's right. I forgot he's, his name. Yeah. He's like cool. I like, like him. A lot. <laughs> He's my favorite Roman so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he does a really, really, really good job just following them around. I find it funny that he has no problem finding Jesus. Yet his yeah. apostles can't. Yeah. You know, that just kills me. And and that that scene where he's he's planning on coming down on sea for Simon the Zealot. That is just insane. Yeah. The the pool of Bethesda. That oh my goodness! The beginning of that that whole episode and showing the history yeah. between the two brothers, you know, and then yeah. how it, it splits and one is just suffering and suffering, and the other one is working so hard to you know be stronger and stronger and stronger, and the other one's getting weaker and weaker and weaker, and it's just oh, it breaks your heart. But then at the end, you know, that was just amazing how one per one of one brother's conversion can create the other ones yeah, yeah. so that and was so beautiful in this season when mary reverts back to like her old ways mm -hmm. because she is so scared by seeing the mm -hmm. demonic and just that whole that scene with the demonic when he comes into the camp when jesus heals him and then I forget what the exchange is, but he, Jesus, when Simon, the mm -hmm. zealot, when he arrives and Jesus has like already met him and then Peter or Simon as he is right now, like he, Jesus says something to Simon, the zealot. And then Simon is like, huh? And Jesus is like, Simon, this is Simon, Simon, this is Simon. <laughs> and then, and then he just kind of moves off. But when Mary goes back to the town and when Matthew and Peter find her and she starts throwing up, but Matthew he uses his handkerchief to get yeah. her hair out of the way and Peter just kind of realizes he really sympathizes with 
people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Matthew is human. Yeah. You know, I think that was that was a very important exchange of sending those two together. And when when Jesus sent everybody out two by two and you're wondering who's going to go with who, you know, you're like, oh, crud. And he sent Peter and um, Judas. And I was thinking, oh, oh my gosh, when you uh, meet Judas, when you like, cursed on him and he's horrible. And he goes up and you just see this man and you don't mm-hmm. know who he is. And he's like, helping the bear, he's super curious. And then he shakes Jesus and he's like, I'm Judas. And you're like, I <laughs> oh, I, well, I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was thinking that, you know, I'm like, oh, he's adorable. <laughs> yeah. So. And then you meet his business partner and he wants the best. Or he wants to do the right thing, whereas his business partner had wanted to like rip off right, exactly. this guy. And Judas mm-hmm. wanted to do the right thing, and he left. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the Sermon on the Mount build up. You know, yeah. I I loved that. You know, whatever Jesus needed, like Matthew to write something here. I need Matthew. I need you, Matthew. I need you, and then all the other apostles were like. Sure, I guess I should have paid attention in school so I could like <laughs> learn how to read and write, you know, but writing all of that down, I think it was just funny the exchange of, well, what do you think, Matthew? And he goes, well, it's a little much, you know, <laughs> and then they start talking about it. I'm like, okay, but it was so well done. You know? Women help pick out Jesus. Oh, right. And they're <laughs> like, you know, like Eden, I needed, I needed like a tiebreaker over here. What color did I be wearing? Crazy. Oh, so season three, I have to say, is my favorite season so far. I, I can't, I cannot watch The Chosen without like Kleenex now, you know. But when, when they did, when he did send them out and told them that they were going to be able to like heal people and stuff, my favorite exchange between him and James, how he is handy, has and he's like how am I supposed to heal people and I can't even you know be healed myself or something you know and I just think you know in all of our brokenness God still loves us it doesn't matter if we can walk or not or we all can we all have gifts to bring yeah so when he sends Z and Matthew and they together. Don't, he doesn't know that Simon's a zealot. And he doesn't know he's a tax collector. Yeah. Oh, the look on his face was like, I'm sorry, what? You know? And then that's when Thaddeus and Nathaniel go together because then, then you're like, I'm sorry, I don't, those two guys do look alike. But, and then little James and big James, they get those two men. But I, I was always getting John and Andrew mixed up until the end of the second season and so every time andrew's kind of a hothead he's like not the only one peter isn't totally a hothead i think andrew's kind of you know has all these like anger issues yeah but everything that happens with john the baptist andrew loses his mind yeah. like yeah. all the time he's like i gotta go i gotta go save him i have to save him it's like oh they're definitely related you know yeah. very well casted but Okay, so in season three, let me see. Season three, they did 
the Sermon on the Mount, right? And then, oh, that was near the end. Yeah. When they go, I think we should talk about Eden and Peter. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful. Oh, and the that woman, relationship. And the fact that she, like, her baby, and, mm-hmm. like, Peter didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, and it's it's just heartbreaking because it happens all the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, she he comes home and she's lost the baby. And she feels like she's let him down, but he doesn't know that he let her down. And I think the thing that Gaius tells him is hysteric. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, you know, because when they're <laughs> trying to fix the sister and everything yeah. and he's like, you know, well, you know, trouble at home. And he goes, well, there's a couple of words you need to, we need to learn, you know. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. And I'm like, wow, how come that's not in the Bible? You know, why was, why were they holding on to that little nugget of truth? And I just thought, of course, a Roman had to come up with that. You know, that was pretty good. I loved that. Yeah. And then the two by two and oh goodness, there's just so much that's going on. But I have to say that the, with um, Yosef, the scribe, and I forgot the other guy's name, the administrator of the temple synagogue at the time, whose daughter ends up getting sick. Oh, yes. And dies. And he's the one that's writing. Right. He's in the he's, grave. Yeah. Anyway, the, that that exchange between the two of them is lovely. And I, I love how they're trying to build up confidence in each other and trust. And that there are people in the synagogue you can trust. You know, and and then as that built up through the woman with hemorrhages, oh my gosh, that one, oh oh my word, it's amazing, so well done, so beautiful, and I love how determined she was Mm -hmm. just to touch the fringe of his clothing, and that's all she needs, and. just and her and Eden and how their relationship built from, you know, cleaning the clothes. And, and you learned so much about Veronica from the exchange with her and Eden and how much she suffered for years, you know, mm-hmm. and given all of her money to doctors and how her family is just like, you know, disowned her. Yeah. And and Eden's even asking her, how do you how did you survive? And she goes, it, I ju- it just makes me weak. Well. Still, how do you survive, you know, if you're losing that much blood and you don't have any energy whatsoever? Even if Aiden accepts her, yeah. even if she's, like, considered unclean, like, Aiden doesn't right. hide her love for her and he accepts her as a woman. Right. I think that's cool that that's probably the first person that Veronica met after her, her gene really showed her love. Yeah. And mm-hmm. And then she runs into Thaddeus and Daniel, and then they're like, well, you know, we'll introduce you to our teacher or rabbi, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot that happens in that, like, second part, because you've got Yosef and the administrator of the synagogue taking them to their sick daughter, and then Gaius and and Peter are working with Cistern, and then you've got Eden and Veronica and Thaddeus, and I mean, there's so much happening in that one scene. and then. Everything just stops. And you're like, but the exchange between Veronica and Jesus 
was my favorite one where they say, he said, and she says the word exhausted the same time, you know, because he's like, my daughter, how have you, you know, you must be. And then she just says exhausted. And he says exhausted. And then I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I was like, Kleenex has just gotten some serious stock in my house now because of the chosen. Thank you so much, Alice. Really appreciate it. But, but that was so beautiful and everything. And then afterwards, after he heals the little girl and she gets up and then the scribes and Pharisees are like, who has touched somebody who is unclean? You're like, Everybody, everybody raises their hand, you know, and then they have to go to the water. Okay. And then the, they're having like chicken fights in the water where they're putting each other on their shoulders and laughing and having such a great time. And, you know, that humanity of Jesus is like, he goes running in the water going, I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to be part of this, you know. <laughs> right. I'm stuck in the Bible, make sure that the healing of Man's daughter did follow the book, the healing of Howard the way. And I was just thinking, like, that dad, father, just like, my daughter is dying, but then everything's on Jesus' time. Yeah. Like, you have this healing of the woman who's <laughs> bleeding, and, you know, Jesus takes the time to heal her. And while this is happening, when they go, the daughter is healed because when they go back, they find her asleep. I think it's just so that like some people are so close to Jesus yet so far away and some people just need to like touch the end of Jesus and let their go. The thing I found really odd about that episode was that they were telling the father you have to decide how many wailers that was yeah. so women you want wailing and like flutes and stuff like that i'm like that's the prescription for the jewish faith that you have to like hire these people i mean okay that just seems odd but maybe that's just me but anyway so then after that episode is when uh, peter finds out that miscarried and she might not be able to ever have children again then his, he's angry he is Really, really. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's mad for a while, but he actually starts to build up that friendship with Gaius. They're like going into the Roman town, and he's like, "What are you doing here? You're gonna get killed." Has to get his own, get a cloak from Gaius and stuff, and hide and like come out. So that was interesting. I like the the way the two of them have been like growing in friendship and stuff. And then they have to go back to, because of the mess that Andrew and Philip have left in Jericho, right? Oh, yeah. Right, with their messed up preaching. And this is what happens when Jesus isn't the one preaching. You know, people yeah. suddenly get the idea, all right, well, and this is, this is what every priest and teacher, and sometimes it doesn't matter who it is, it could be a podcaster, people only hear what they want to hear. And then they will take what your words out of context, but poor Philip and Andrew. So they go back to try and fix things. And then everybody and their dog shows up and it's like at an impasse. And John has to stay behind to get Peter, who is very, very mad. And then John's mad that he has to stay behind to get Peter. 
And, and it's then, so funny when yeah. they wake up because she was like, I had a week for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I am not my brother's keeper. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. So, and then the feeding of the 5,000, which was awesome. And I loved how they did that. And still, Peter is still mad. And, and it's so funny, too, because like even Thomas goes, why am I not surprised by this? You know, or they say things like, I've seen all these miracles that you've done over and over again. And still, I'm surprised that it's going to happen. You know, and then they're, yeah, then they're in the boat, you know, and the storm and everything. And for someone who's a merchant marine and has been out in storms like that, sorry, you just don't get out of the boat. You don't. Andrew was right. He was grabbing onto him going, what are you thinking? You know, that's your lifeline. The boat is your lifeline. So it wasn't Peter, only Peter that didn't have faith. It was everybody else who was grabbing him and telling him not to go out there and everything. So I think it, it's harsh to just put that on Peter because the rest of them really. But there was one line John was like, you know, looking at Jesus walking and then Thomas is like, yeah, this is this is not surprising to me that this is not the only amazing thing I've seen today, you know. But but then, of course, Eden is getting cleansed at the same time. And and that exchange that she has with the present God, you know, do not let Peter saying that Jesus. Another crying episode. Gosh, amazing. I just can't wait to see what they're going to come up with in season four so you know, i'm i'm a little worried because you know they're gonna, they're gonna crucify him because we know what happens i mean there are seven seasons planned to be made so that's not gonna happen in a while really yeah because i think in season four they're gonna crucify him well if you watch the trailer there's nothing about this crucifixion but in when we were in when we were in Portugal mm-hmm. and they were like playing something about season four and Jonathan Room was there, it said that there were six, seven, seven, seven seasons, seasons yeah. planned. They go after. Well, I know because well, yeah. they're the chosen the Messiah. I know, we haven't talked about the story about how they died. Well, you know. but, oh, okay. dear. Oh, oh, my. Okay. okay. Backtracking. It just went dark. <laughs> in season two there's that one episode where it's like the sabbath or whatever and jesus is like well we're gonna go to this temple and they're like but it's a bigger temple right like right like right there and he's like no we're gonna go to this one right and they walk in like as as the rabbi is reading and the guy with the shriveled hand right but Jesus walks in and the rabbi kind of looks up and then they all just keep filing in <laughs> the guy gets confused and so then Jesus sits down and starts talking to this guy. And the rabbi is like, will you please be quiet? Right, right. So then Jesus heals him. And the rabbi is like, it would take, it would take, like only God could do something like that. And Jesus goes, hmm, interesting point. <laughs> and then they all just kind of walk out. And <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know, I mean, to their defense, would we even get it either? Yeah. You know, I mean, I got to give them credit. Like, uh and then even Lincoln says that season six will spend its entirety on crucifixion. Oh, it's so bad. But even the 
the special Christmas episode that's not technically a part of the chosen, but it's right. about Jesus's birth. Mm-hmm. I really, it's a really beautiful episode because it it just focuses on this one shepherd who isn't really understood by the rest of them, and they kind of push him around and bully him, but. In the end, he's the one who gets to hold Jesus, mm-hmm. even though they're all clamoring to do it. Because yeah, yeah. he was the one who gave Mary and Joseph that little extra help that they needed. Mm-hmm. He was able to hold the Messiah. So we just have to remember, despite bullying, go the extra mile. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're almost at an hour. So Dallas, Jonathan... All the other actors and actresses, thank you so much for making the Bible come alive for all of us and giving us a new insight into it. Okay, we're all, we all have to say who our favorite apostle is. All right, who's your favorite character? My favorite is Mary Magdalene. Okay, Vincent? Come back to me, Ostel. Wow. All right, Sophia's going with Philip. Oh, I have to say Matthew. I have a little bit of OCD. And so I really appreciate him a lot. And his attention to detail. But yeah, Matthew. I'm just going to go with Matthew. That's a really hard question, but I think I'm going to go with Philip as well. All right, cool. All right, so we're going to close. And Sophia, you're going to close us today and tell them all the things. After listening to this podcast, if you like, subscribe, email us at rosaaltopodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube. Listen to us on, I think, every podcast platform except Apple Podcasts. Holy Mary, grace, what is your name? Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pierre Giorgio Frasad, pray for us. We should watch the season four trailer. Okay, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.